0: Good morning and welcome to the Parts Podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. He is Jared Kruger. We're bringing the band back together here for the final weeks of this season. Jared, and I guess
1: I'm Alex, Dunn, but you know that. But Jared's the main event here. How you doing, man? We're here, man. It's uh, great to be back. I, you know, it seemed like you could use some help. You were flying solo for a minute and, you know, I decided I'd hop right in. Yeah, you know, we're, we're going to finish this year strong. We're running through the bag right now. And
0: I i mean, let's just lead into the strengths here. We got Jared, who's covered and watched minor league baseball all year in Altoona. Major League. What's exciting with the Major League, if there is anything, is whenever, you know, these guys like Jiwon Bay come up. People want prospect talk. So I think we should talk about a couple of these guys here. Jiwon, you saw last year late addition to the 40-man roster. I, I think I speak for all of us that there is another person who you saw in Altoona for a bit, who's in Indianapolis now, needs to be added to the roster anyway this winter. Maybe maybe we should keep the eyes open just in case there is an Andy Rodriguez sighting here at the end of the season. I mean, am I crazy?
1: I don't think you're crazy because I think he deserves it. I mean, you want to reward production, and he has been on fire at every level in Greensboro and Altoona and Triple A. And give him that cup of tea that you gave O'Neal Cruz last year. Call him up for the last series of the season. Let him get some at bats. See what you got. Um, because listen, you don't want to lose a guy like that. And I know you know the good thing with G1 Bay is pending any, you know, DFAs or options. Um, he, for the most part, is going to remain on the 40-man, which protects him from the Rule 5 draft in the offseason. So I think that's huge, too. But, man, there isn't a player that's more deserving um, than, than Andy Rodriguez is. He is the hottest prospect in baseball right now. And it, it, he is fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. I mean, boy, would it be, if you're going to have a year like this,
0: and boy, oh boy, the Pittsburgh Pirates haven't had a year like this. I, I can't think of a lot of better ways to end it than a start with Andy Rodriguez catching Luis Ortiz. Oh man, that would be a pipe dream for me, Alex. Because, because like you said, two guys who last year finished the year in Bradenton. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Ortiz was the opening day starter in Bradenton last year.
0: Yeah. Like, have them in the major leagues, even just for one taste and yeah, maybe he needs more time in AAA to develop like boy, oh boy, we'll cross that bridge. You know, whenever we get there of, is Andy Rodriguez, you know, uh, the opening day catcher, is he opening day Mm -hmm. worthy, ready? Could he develop further in AAA? We'll save that all for another day and just give a little teaser of what 2023 could bring because I think that's a big thing right now. You've got to prove that 2023 isn't going to be 2022. And I, for the record, I don't think it will be because I I'm very confident we will see Quinn Priester up in the majors at some point, Mike Burrows, Henry Davis, Nick Gonzalez, Leo Piguero, and Andy Rodriguez. But just give that little taste that next year you could actually take a step forward, that you can make progress and, my goodness, does this team need to
1: show that they're making progress somehow, some way. Right. And and so what's it say to the rest of the organization? If you, if you are on fire and you work your way on to every top 10 or every top 100 list ever, you have success at every level. And yet you still don't get that, just that sliver of chance to make it onto the 40 man or to the or to the main team or the main roster, right? I mean, you bust your butt every game, every every, at-bat, throughout the entire season, only for what? To not get rewarded at the end? You know, I don't think that's fair either. And listen, I understand, you know, prospects have to perform, but he's done nothing but perform. And listen, over the course of a a weekend, you're not going to see the weaknesses necessarily. You can hide him at DH. You can put him in the outfield. You can put him behind the plate. Put you him at put first Rodriguez, base. There's yeah, no one at first base right now. Right. So there are options. Yeah. Catcher, I mean, is kind of thin
0: at the moment. I know Zach Collins made a good first impression on Friday night, but I mean, he's not an answer at catcher. Let's no. be honest there. he if, if if he's something, he's probably first base and hoping that the bat plays. Even then, I don't see, you know, a whole lot of signs that scream that's going to happen. That. But that's a conversation for another day. Show some exciting players. Because if you watch Friday, what was the exciting part of that game? It was g Bey. Bay. It was him getting on yeah. base a couple times. It was him stealing, getting in the closer's head in the night of, of trying to steal a base. And then eventually stealing a base to put the game time run in scoring position in the ninth inning.
1: Alex, like, name a player that was on the 40 man to begin the season that you've been excited for to watch play this year. A Cruz. Rowe. And all of those guys, yeah, you know, essentially spent most of the start of the season play. Yeah.
0: I mean, they ex- shouldn't exclude, excluding the guys that we kind of knew like Reynolds. Yeah. I was like, you know, Keller Hayes, blah, blah, But the blah, blah, ones blah. that have
1: yeah. brought the most excitement are those call-ups. Contreras, yeah. um, Castro, even, you know, you know, he's been really dialed in since, you know, Boo. since things fell out of his pocket. Boo. Boo. Listen, man, I have one week left. And, you know, I'm going all out here.
0: Yeah, yeah, you do. We'll save the sappiness for next week, then. But no, no, I, I'm, I'm with you though. The most exciting parts of this season have been whenever the young guy gets his chance up at the major leagues. I would have preferred to see it even more, you know, with some guys like Swaggerty who got a cup of coffee yeah, in May and we haven't seen at all since.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I don't understand that. Uh, five, five games. I think he's played um, and you can't get an evaluation out of that.
0: Um, no, I, I, I straight up asked him what you'd take away from it. And he's like, I'm going to be honest with you, Alex. I was there for five games. I don't know how much I could take away from it.
1: Yeah. I mean, the fact that you get to the, the major league per diem, it, yeah. I mean,
0: it's it's five days. I mean, you can call yourself a big leaguer, but you're not going to learn routine. You're not going to learn, you know, film study. You're not going to learn like a whole lot of stuff. in over the course of a week.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, it's not anything that you don't already know from from AAA, right? It's the same type of studying. You know, it's just a, the, the equipment's probably a little bit better and you have a little bit more, more data. But yeah, five games isn't enough to evaluate. You and know. it's not even good enough to get a good option for for trade value. I don't I don't understand how they've how or why they've handled Swaggery the way that they have. But again, you know, when you have guys like Jack Swinsky, I guess it kind of makes him a little bit more expendable because I'm going to be perfectly honest, with you, I I thought Swinsky could be a major league baseball player. I didn't expect it to him to go from double A to the to the major league home run leader for rookies.
0: No, no, I don't think anyone really saw that either. I, I just look at the Southfield mix right now. And here, walk walk through this with me here. Because you got Sawinski, who I don't think anyone, he's somewhere in the mix for 2023. I think that's a pretty uncontroversial opinion. I don't think anyone would think twice. I think everyone recognizes there is a lot of swing and miss there the batting average is low, but there is potential. There is potential there because he's going to hit roughly 20 home runs as a rookie in not a full season. He's going to be on pace. It's going to be a 20 something, maybe 30 home run pace, you know, as a rookie, which yeah, it's, there's a lot of ugliness that goes along with it, but that's a good first showing, you know, right there. Smith Najigba, I don't know really where he stands with things because he got hurt so fast. Mm -hmm. Cal Mitchell was someone who I heard they were very high on internally and then they gave him a little push by not putting him on the 40 man roster. He played hard. He's shown moments up in the major leagues. He absolutely tore up triple a the last stint he was in. That's why he got the call up again, but where does that put Swaggerty at some point?
1: Yeah, there's gotta you be look, an odd man out.
0: Yeah. And that's not even factor in in, you know, Ji Bay, or that Brian Reynolds guy who's pretty good at baseball and you probably want to hang on to also.
1: And then you've got is, Ben Gambly. You've got a lot of options. Plans? Yeah.
0: Is Swaggery in these plans? Like it was, the fact it was that he him. has been called up, and the fact that he was sent down there without like a clear list of what he should be working on is like bunting, work on right?
1: bunting. Yeah, work on bunting. Boy, is no, that not a good sign? Personally, I love bunting, but yeah, like, you're right. Like that's to me that sucks. And 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 I mean, uh, let's be real. It was all about evaluation for the for the pirates this year, and they gave him five games. Like, come on. It was all
0: about evaluation this year, and they didn't feel the need to evaluate him that much in the majors.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I think that's unfortunate for Swaggerty. I think he could have potential, but again, we, we haven't seen it we, because we're, yeah. we haven't been able to. No. Can't see anything when you're on the bench or in AAA. And we're at, and we're at the point that if he was called up,
0: we're not going to see a lot because we're not going to see a whole lot out of G1 Bay. I mean, what, what we're going to see, if anything, with G1 is that he could play the outfield and not urinate down his leg like <laughs> to, to steal a and that he could create some havoc on the base paths. And he did that. He did that Friday night. And he did that. But if he did that every night for the rest of these 11 games, uh, you, you're still going to be saying like, okay, this is just, this was just an appetizer. This wasn't, you know, anything that you can pull way too much. This is a very small sample size, which is fine. G1 should get this opportunity. He's played well in AAA. A. Yeah.
1: But yeah, there are no,
0: others. I, I, I kind of look at like they gave Bly Madris a whole lot of opportunity, a whole lot of looks right there. And look, I like Bly. I, I, I wish him well with the Rays, but it was also one of those. I don't know how you give Bly so many starts and Swaggerty, who is a first round draft pick, doesn't really get any opportunity. He, right. He's played well in AAA last year before he got hurt. He was, you know, Ben him called him the best performer at the alt site last year. So yeah. I, I think this is just, there's a lot of question marks with this, right. who, who you're giving opportunities to, who you should be giving opportunities to. Exactly. And Eddie Rodriguez is one of those guys that, you know, you're not going to pull anything from. But let's give them a look up here. Give something to the fans. Throw them a bone yeah. after sitting through a hundred something
1: losses again. Well, and that's the other thing too. Like, listen, you got to some stir some sort of excitement going into the off season, and that is bringing up Endy. That mm-hmm. is, you know, hell, Let like when Priester pitch a game.
0: The, uh, the reason why I'm banging the table for Endy and not Priester comes down to Quinn doesn't need to be added to the forty man this winter.
1: No right, and and I mean he's going to be going to the to the fall league, and yeah. I think that's fine. But but that's the thing. Like at this point, if you're if you're if you're willing to go out and throw Will Crow in the sixth inning or seventh inning, you might as well play the young guys because things aren't going to go well. Yeah, well, a Priester would at least take up a roster
0: spot a year before you need to, that's right? Yeah, but, but just I, an I, I, get, I get that. I mean, that's why I'm banging the table for Andy here. Yeah. That's why if Mike Burrows was healthy, I would say for him also. Absolutely, like, they need to be added anyway. We don't see it right. right now. Andy's the guy that look. Just give him a week. Give him a couple of days of the major series at the end of the year. There's not going to be any playing time in Indianapolis if the whole thing is
1: you're looking for opportunity for him to play. There you go. Right, and and listen, he can easily play over Greg Allen. or ben gamel or you know a lot of those other guys see what you got and and reward these players for their performance
0: we're gonna take a break here we're gonna be back here in a few minutes hang on welcome back to the Pirates podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh sports podcast network. He's Jared Kruger. I'm Alex Stumpf and we're not talking about Pirates baseball here for this segment. We're going to talk major league baseball and Jared, I gotta admit a part of me. I was convinced I was going to see number 700 for Albert Pujols in person, either in St. Louis or back here in Pittsburgh. That's not the case, but still, he is a member of the 700 home run club. One of four baseball players. Bonds, Aaron, Ruth, Pujols. And
1: I think that's says it all by itself right there. What is absurd to me? Number one, I, I feel like I've been out watching Albert Pujols for two-thirds of my life, and actually I have been. Yeah. Um, you know, for that longevity. And, you know, it's funny, people think that he's – He's been this, you know, pirate killer and he's hit, um, you know, according to to my Google records, um, 54 home runs against the Pirates in his time. Um, the team that he's hit the most off of was the Astros because back in the day, you know, the Astros were in the NL Central. And um, then they were in the AL. And yeah, that's the yeah, only right. reason. Yeah, exactly. That's the yeah. only reason. <laughs> Um, but, but no, I mean, it's been fun to watch him because he's had the same swing for 65 years and he's never hit more than 50 home runs in a season. He's hit 49, but he's never hit more than 50, but that sustained longevity is absurd to me. And let's be real here. You know, he dealt with a lot of injuries in, um, in, Los, in the, with the, uh angels. Uh, I was trying to think of like Los Angeles, An- Anaheim. And I was like, Oh wait, there's the angels there. They have 65 different names. and. No playoff berths, with two of the most polarizing players of all time. But hey, whatever. Welcome to you know misery. But so you, if you take away some of those injuries, right? And he was even hurt with his wrist uh, in St. Louis. Couple that with the shortened season in 2020. We might not be talking about 700 right now. We might be talking about a true home run king. I I think. Here's the hottest take. I'm, I think I'm ever gonna
0: put on this podcast here, and I, I want to pull up the actual numbers here for a moment, because like, like like you said, a healthy Albert Pujols and 2020 is a full 100, you know, 62 game season instead of 60. I think he gets at, at least another the equivalent of like another prime year mm-hmm. out of there, like from accounting stats standpoint. But this year, entering tonight, he had a 137 WRC+. plus. He had a 361 WOBA. He was, I mean, it, this is a really good year. I got to be honest with you, dude, 21 home runs. I'm wondering if he so chose, could he get across the finish line? You can't convince me that if he said, you know what, actually, I want to play another year, that he wouldn't get offers. and listen, St. Louis should give him a call. I mean, it's Played it's not it going to happen. Games. He's made it. He's made it clear right. that he's going to hang it up. But so he's he's going to hit one or two more. I'm I will bet. I will bet a a month's salary <laughs> of here that Albert Pujols is going deep in one of those six games against the Pirates right there. I have just watched that man, carve up every Pirates pitcher from Josh Fogg to Paul Maholm to Josh Van Meter. All, every single one Ugh. that they put, they all get tagged. Ugh. And it's it's not even a it's not even an insult to the pitcher. It's just right. uh, death taxes. Albert Pujols feasting on Pirates pitching. No, C- and, and, and that's so a he's great not going to finish exactly on 700. And mm-hmm. it's one of those if you, I think he could hit 20 again next year. In in which case, then, yeah, he could have probably gotten a 763. And I don't think anyone would blink twice if he was the all-time home run champion, because there hasn't been a whiff of anything dirty about his on-field performance. there's been speculation about his age,
1: but besides that, nothing that says this is aided in any, any, which could be even more impressive if he's older than what he is, he's 42 years old. He hit 21. He's hit 21 home runs so far in 101 games. Like that. That's insane. Yeah. Like that. That's incredible to me. Um, You know, and, and just looking back at 2020, he hit six homers in LA uh, or for the angels. Right. You know, that was, he appeared in 39 games, you know, 2013, he only hit 17 home runs. He played in 99 games. So those are the only seasons really that he didn't appear in more than a hundred games. And to do that for 21 years is absurd to me. Mm -hmm. Like that, that, that longevity is huge in this game because you just, you just don't see it. And, man, he was so fun to watch. And because, like, this was when we were growing up and when we were in high school and in college and watching him perform, you know, and and unfortunately enough, uh, the Pirates are in the NL Central. So you get to see Albert Pujols a lot. And I remember getting a a home run BP ball of Albert Pujols um, one of the years when I was in college. But, you know, just to see him do this and have this sustained success it's a lot of fun. And listen, we, as a generation, like uh, Alex and I are, are relatively young. We're right around 30. And let's be real. We've seen uh, home runs have saved the game of baseball. They saved it in 1998 um, with the home run chase and Bonds, you know, and doing what he did in the early two thousands, but 98, when you had McGuire, Sosa and Griffey for a minute, chasing Roger Maris's record and, it was just so much fun. I was eight years old. I remember being in the car listening to the radio and they cut to Mark McGuire, every Mark McGuire at bat, as he was chasing that record. That was the coolest. And we are in a situation where Aaron judge is hitting home runs left and right. Albert Pujols is hitting home runs left and right. So we're getting it on the single season aspect of it. We're seeing it in the career aspect and for Pujols. We've seen this all play out. We remember this. We don't remember Barry Bonds really as a Pittsburgh Pirate, other than the fact that his head was six sizes smaller. But now we get to see Albert Pujols, and he was with the Cardinals and the Angels and the Dodgers for a minute. And he got to do it in L.A. too, which I thought um, against the Dodgers, which was really cool, although it happened on Apple TV. So I don't know that we really got to see it. No. Did it exist if it happened on Apple TV? I mean, we're not really sure. <laughs> they say Ted Lasso is a thing, and I haven't watched that. Ted either. Lasso, I would listen. I love Ted Lasso as a coach, as 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 a human being. I love Ted Lasso. Well, I haven't watched it yet
0: because I don't have Apple TV Plus. I know a guy. You know a guy. All right. I guess we should also bring up Judge since you know we're talking about this. If Judge hits sixty two, are are you one of those people who who will errone err? erroneously, I can't talk, erroneously say that he is the single-season home run champion. (laughs) No, Barry Bonds will always be that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Steroids steroids don't help you hit a baseball. Yes, they do.
1: They help you recover, but they They don't help you recover. They help you hit a baseball hard. But what I'm saying is, you know, what Barry Bonds did, regardless of what he did home run-wise, his plate plate discipline was just absolutely incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's not a question. That's, that's not a... Thing. He will be the home run hitter. And listen, yeah. you know, morality sake, morality aside, it wasn't illegal. I mean, it was. But he's also never, you know, it, it, there are just so many, there's so much gray area here.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? there, there, there's gray area here. There's gray area here. But because, it's. But he's, he's still the single season home run champion right. until someone hit 74... Aaron Judge will be the American League home run champion, which for a league that is 120 something years old, that's mm-hmm. pretty
1: damn impressive in itself. Well, and that's what's funny about like him hitting 60 if he gets to 61 and beyond. Right? And, and the movie 61, which is my favorite baseball movie of all time. Right? It, it watches Maris and Mandel and, and them talking about that asterisk, right? Because they went from 152 or 154 game season to 162. And that was a big deal to them, right? Changes, sometimes not always a bad thing, but they put that asterisk, right? And that's, and and listen, he's, what he's doing is awesome. And he's doing it with class and with dignity. And he's doing it, he's the size of an NFL linebacker. He's six, seven. I don't know whether I would just throw a jump ball into the end zone to him or let him hit a home run. Like he is, but, He's the triple crown leader, and so he's doing it in all aspects of the game, not just launching home runs at a crazy pace. Yeah, yeah, this is a season, you
0: know, to remember, I I was very fortunate to watch 696, 697, and number 60 all in person. That is something that I am going to remember for the rest of my life. That's one of the coolest parts about covering Uh, you know, Major League Baseball in 2022. I was very fortunate to see all of those. Part of me was jealous that I didn't get to see 61, 62, or 700. Actually, a big part, but those are still three amazing accomplishments of individual achievement that will go down in history. This is a special year for record chases. I'm glad Albert got to 700. Best, best right-handed hitter. I think I will ever watch in my life, and him and Miguel Cabrera are the two people mm-hmm. who are still active at this moment that were there whenever I first fell in love with the game. And I, I don't know. That's going to be a a chapter of my baseball fandom and and just being a fan of the game.
1: That's that's going to die. We're almost at that end there. Yeah, and and it's going to be weird when he's not playing, right? When you're. When guys that have played forever don't play like Cal Ripken Jr. And and for me, especially Derek Jeter, I, I was a big Derek Jeter guy. I still am. Um, that's just kind of how it is. But guys like that and guys like Andy Pettit and guys that have, you know, been around the block and then they just don't play anymore. Big Poppy, even. I hate the Red Sox. You know, as, uh, when I was growing up, I hated the Red Sox um, because I was a Yankees fan. But, um, but you know, you – the game changes uh, and, you know, it's evolving. Now it's Aaron judges league and guys like, like him and, you know, Stanton that are just launching baseballs at rocket light speed. But what, you know, looking at judges stats, right. What's funny about, you know, back in, if you compare eras, which I think is very, very hard to do because everything was so much different um, and and the game is advanced tenfold since you know even the 80s and 90s but judge right now has played in 100 and you know 145 146 games so he hasn't even played a full season um whereas back then you know in the 60s you played every game um and you you know ran your body into the ground and i'm not saying that these guys don't but the weight or the load management i think is the nba term right so when you see that you know, and these guys aren't getting to 150, 162 games anymore. So to do that in the, the shorter time span, I think, is, is also impressive as well.
0: We're going to take one more break here. We got a little more show to come up. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast to be named later. This is the third segment of the show where we're, again, not going to talk about the actual Pirates. Instead, on Friday was the three-year anniversary of the passing of Jared and my a, a very close friend of ours, Jason Rolson, who wrote for DK Pittsburgh Sports, was big blogger on the scene. Before that, he's the person who introduced me to Jared. He's the person who banged the table for me to get the interview and the job. At this site, I miss him, man. I still miss him. I, I was very lucky to
1: call him a friend. Yeah. You know, you come in life, you come um, across people that you don't know why they're putting in your life when they are, but then it ends up being perfect or, or it just all lines up. And that could be in relationships, that could be in friendships that could be in, in work. And I think, you know, looking back with Jason, he came aboard. I was writing for Pittsburgh sporting news. I was covering, um, at that time I had started covering with football. I was making the transition to move back home down to, and I was still living in Pittsburgh and, um, I was doing a little bit of pirate stuff, not a lot, just here and there. It wasn't anything big. Um, but I made that transition to start covering Penn state and, at this time, he was starting Pirates Breakdown and I had said, you know, I'm gonna be an Altoona. Uh, if there's anything that I can do to help, let me know. you know we're writing at Pittsburgh Sporting News and it's it, and it's a lot of fun, right? You get your start and you get your feet wet and you get addicted to writing stories and and making a difference and stuff like that. And you know, I did some really good work there. I did an, a a long form piece on, um, the curve and how they were going to make their money and how the the county and the state and out the city of Altoona, you know, created a, an amusement tax that now feeds into their funding to keep the curve playing at people's natural gas field. Um, and I was so proud of that. The, the title of that piece, and I don't know if it exists anymore in the internet, was "Trouble with the Curve." I had interviewed, you know, guys like county commissioners. Team owners, general managers, people around the league. And Jason and I busted our asses on that, and it was so worth it. Um, And then in 2018, I made the jump to DK and um, did Pirate. I've been doing Pirates Prospects, a little bit of Pirates, a little bit, a little bit of everything, to be honest with you. And those, you know, this last four years. And you know I've loved every minute of it, and I remember talking to Jason about coming aboard and how this was a great place for him to write and do his thing and it was, and that's where Mound Visit was born, and you know, and then we both try like we're trying to get you to come here, and then Jason was sick, and that hit us harder than I think we we ever thought, um, because this dude was larger than life. And, and that's what sucks because I think we were robbed of him. um, And he left the earth a a way earlier than he should have. Um, But that's life. And I think that's what sucks about, you know, (laughs) that's the, the brutality of, of life. You know, I've experienced that in my life with losing my dad 10 years ago on Monday, uh, last, last Monday, you know, and, and Jason being three years ago, Friday. And, I wouldn't be half the writer I am if it wasn't for guys like Jason or you or even DK, um, you know, and that's, and, and if, if you've not heard this by now, this is, you know, going to be my last week with DK I'm, I'm moving on, um, to some different aspects of my life. Um, but I wouldn't be half of who I am if it wasn't for Jason or Dayon. um, and and Alex and, and guys like him and Molinari and you know you you have these people that are putting your life professionally that you don't know why they're always there um, you know like Alex Alex has followed me everywhere I've gone you know I like to think that I just kind of make it pretty for him to come and uh, steal games like you know cl- playoff clinching games or series <laughs> clinching games or stuff like that uh, and then here he is. Um, you know, it's just the way that Alex is, he's a vulture. Um, but, uh, but that's, you know, that's, that's Alex No, but that's us. And, and, you know, we started with Pirates Breakdown and we started with podcasting there and we started with writing together there and it just kind of evolves. Right. And that's, and when you go through the same issues or go through the same things, you know, it makes you a little, it makes you a lot closer and, you know, J- Jason was one of those guys where if you needed him, he was there. And I, and we say this, I think every year when we do this podcast, because we always do it in honor of him. But he spots talent like he had an eye for talent for writing like nobody I've ever seen. And he has guys that are in and girls, too, that are in TV and radio, like beat writers in, in, in major cities. Um, you know, it's people who doing college football, people doing stats and analytics and profession and big league organizations, you know, um, the, the guy could spot talent. And I think that's probably the most awesome thing in the world because he gave so many people, not just, you know, a platform, but he supported them endlessly. And I don't think that there's a person that if you ever wrote for him, that he said a bad word about you and that he didn't go to bat for you no matter what, whether that was with you with DK, with me, with DK, with whoever, that dude went to bat for you. He believed in you. And when you have somebody that believes in you, then you can accomplish whatever you want in the world. I've got a lot of stuff
0: to say, and I'm going to say for next week. Jared and I are going to podcast one more time next week as well, before he goes on to his the next chapter of his life getting married getting you know new steps in his career just we're going to save a lot of the mushy stuff for next week i i i have nothing more that i could say that than that right there i I, i've got a lot to say next week so you better tune in for next week for the for the series finale of the Jared and Alex version of the podcast to be named later. So be sure to subscribe, get all the great shows we have here. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week.